Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first podcast of Inside Fitness Radio. I'm here with George Betancourt. George, I've known George for how long, George? How long? 20 years? Almost 20 years. 20 years. I want to start off this uh, podcast because um, George was the very first guy that we had on the cover of Inside Fitness. And I thought it'd be appropriate to start off with that, how we met. We met back in Muscle Mag. I used to be an uh, advertising marketing guy at Muscle Mag, and George called me up, wanted to buy some advertising. <laughs> Remember that, George? <laughs> yeah. That was back in, uh, I guess, the early 2000s. When did you start the uh, business? 2001, I believe, 2002. 2001. 2002. And, okay, so let's start off with what did you do prior to uh, starting the business? You were a trainer? Well, um, prior to that, I was a bodybuilder um, who had, um, I guess, just left bodybuilding and I opened up a gym um, in Core Gables. I did that for eight years. I owned a gym called um, Inch by Inch Personal Training with a, a man named Bob who, after two years, we split up and then I went on my own. And from the back of that gym... I think it was on my seventh year, I started a company selling products, manufacturing products, right? and I launched my first product from the back of the gym. Um, the first product was Ripped Juice, which was a liquid fat burner. Yeah, why did you come up with that product specifically? Because it was a liquid product. I remember that one. Correct. Why did you come up with that? What, what, what made you think of that? Well, um, Back then, um, the company VPX was selling, uh, they, they were known for selling liquid products on syringes, and they were very unique, and nobody else was doing it, and I wanted to have something um, similar to it. At the time, there was a product called Rip Fuel yeah. that came in a capsule made by mm. Twin Lab. That's right, yeah. So I wanted to piggyback from Rip Fuel, but... I wanted to do it on a liquid, like um, VPX was doing, and I wanted to put ephedra in it. So I um, I wanted to piggyback from the name Rip Fuel, so I named it Rip Juice. I, I, I made it into a liquid with ephedra, and I put it on a syringe just yeah. so that it could stand out on the shelves. Yeah, yeah and I, that worked for you. Was that a big seller? Was that got a lot of attention for you? Oh, immediately. It, it sold like um, hotcakes. It was, was extremely strong. Was it the strong. name? Was the name something that people just gravitated? They want to try because it, it sounds ripped juice. It, it was everything. It was the name. It was the, the formula. It, it, everything about it, I think, was unique. It was the, 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 the name and the formula and the fact that it had ephedra. Ephedra at the time used to sell like um, hotcakes. Now, I mean, you named your company after your surname, Bentoncourt Nutrition. Correct. Is that what was the reasoning for that? Were you inspired by Gaspari, Labrada? Was there because I mean, being a bodybuilder back in the day? Well, at that time, at that time, the name of the company wasn't Betancourt Nutrition. That company had started it with some, some, somebody else. And um, surely sure, after we began that company, about four months after, the, the person that I began the company with ended up ripping me off. So then I. <laughs> Four months after. After, oh wow, That's so right. Cool. And then um, I was sitting at home alone, and I had a friend who had just flown down and was staying at my house, and I wanted to name the company Beta Nutrition. You know, you I didn't was, want to use your last name. Yeah, but. I was just kind of shy. You know, I didn't want to use my name. And and my my friend Juan, who was staying at my house at the time, he's like, "Dude, you need to use your name. You have um you have a name in the industry." 
me being shy, I just didn't want to use the name. And prior to that, I used to have a workout video that I had produced when I was a kid. And the name of that company was called Beta Nutrition. Okay. So I, I was very close to naming it Beta, Beta Nutrition before calling it Betancourt Nutrition. And um, sure enough, my friend Juan insisted that I call it Betancourt. And I just, and I it. did the change. Yeah, I did the change. Really cool. Very yeah. cool. Now, let's go back. Um, like I said, I met you in probably the early 2000s around there. And uh, you're, I mean, I had known about you because I used to actually watch you when I was younger on TV. I'd see you on it. What was that show called? Or American Muscle Magazine. I mean. Yeah. And that was produced by uh, Lou Zwick. Correct. Yeah. That was a very big show. We used to get up in Canada on TSN. I believe that was aired down here in the States on ESPN, right? Yeah, it was amazing. So you must have got a lot of... I mean, let's okay, let's go back now to when you started to lift weights or when, what got you into it? Because you started very young. I mean, you were lifting weights at how old? Like, give me the background. Well, um, you know, we used to live in Puerto Rico and um, I remember my, my father in, uh, in Puerto Rico, you used to... Uh, the, the, your, your homes... The rooftops were flat, yeah. And you used to store stuff in the on the rooftops up there, kind of like your junk. You used to store it up there, yeah. And when I was seven or six or eight, I can't really really recall the age. I remember I saw my father go up there a few times and, and lift weights. And for some reason, I thought that was um, manly, you know. And I thought that's what you needed to do. So, so it kind of you know it, it kind of made an impact on me, and it left me like inspired you. I'm not going to say inspire. It's just, I don't know. There was something in it that just said superhero kind of thing. Manly, you know, this is what, you know. Were you into comic books and stuff like that? Were you into obviously, Superman? Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. All that. Obviously. So you were fascinated by that look and you wanted to be like a caricature type. Uh, Superman. Superman. Yeah. And then and then I think the other, the, the other part that I, that I recall that made another impact was I remember going to the beach with my father. I must have been seven at this time. And I remember seeing two men as we were walking towards the beach. We had we quite hadn't made it to the beach. And we were walking down the street. I remember seeing two men. Um, they had the shirt off. They must have been American wrestlers. Yeah. I'm not sure who they were, or if they if they or if they were even wrestlers. I'm assuming now that I'm older that they were probably American wrestlers that have flown down from the U.S. to Puerto Rico to wrestle. Yeah. And they, they were muscular. And I remember seeing these two guys. And, and um, I, that's the first time that I had seen muscle on a human. And, and I, I thought you were just born with that. I didn't know you had to lift weights or anything. And I always, that just made an impact on me that it, it always stayed. Like, how do, you, how do you get like that? You know, so it's stuck in your head. It's stuck in my head. Now I heard a rumor that your mom was into uh, bodybuilding. Is this true? Or? No, 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 no. I, that that that's um, that my mom was not into bodybuilding, but my mom did sign me up on the first gym that um, that I became a member to. Oh, your mom signed you up to the first. And how yeah. old were you when you signed up? I think I was um, thirteen years old. I had gotten very sick. Um, I was in school in eighth grade or seventh, seventh. Yeah. And I had gotten very sick with a stomach virus and throwing up. Yeah. Um, I was like four foot nine at the time. I had gotten a stomach virus and I went down from like 115 pounds to like 107. Oh, wow. 
So my mom t- took me to the doctor, and um, the doctor told my mom that I needed to start, you know, like like exercising and weight training. So my mom bought me one of those pull-up bars that you uh, hang That's from the, the door. door. Yeah. And I started doing pull-ups there. And I think I was 12 years old when I started doing that. No way. Yeah, yeah, 12, maybe 11. So when did you start to see the effects of working out? Like you say, okay, my body's looking good. Maybe you're getting more attention from the females. What was well, it? that was more, um, I think, at 13. Um, at 13 and a half is when I finally committed to lifting weights, committed. And that was due to That's a friend of mine. 13 and a half. Yeah. That was due um, to a friend of mine named Oscar who was a little bit wealthier than we were. His father had bought him a, a, a weight set for his backyard. So after school, um, us not having anything to do, I would go to his backyard and we would start doing weights. And I, we, we did that for two or three months. And then Oscar kind of went off. He didn't want to do it anymore. And I was kind of left alone. And then I couldn't go to Oscar's house anymore. So then from there, I continued in my house doing push-ups and sit-ups. So you're starting to really work out, get into it. Now, what made you decide to get into competing? Like, what 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 triggered you? Well, that was until that wasn't until much later. Then then from Oscar's backyard, I graduated into um, into an early bird class in the eighth grade at the school that I was going. There was a where was a, this? Uh, What's the name of the school now? No, was this in... Uh, Rockway, Rockway. Okay. In Miami. Miami. Um, and there was a P, the, the P coach, he used to lift weights. I remember he told us, he goes, hey, if you guys, anybody who's interested in lifting weights um, could come early before school. I believe it was like 6 o'clock or 6.30. And they could lift weights with us here. And so my mom would drop me off and I would lift with the coach and 10 other students or 12 other students. And I think um, we did like a bench press competition there. I must have been 13 and a half, 14. And I think the first time I benched, um, after a few months, I did. I think my, my, my bench press was 110 pounds. Yeah. Um, and then after that, shortly after that, then my mom finally signed me up in a gym. And that was it. And it yeah. from there. Yeah. Now, once you started working out... Um, did you start going every day? Was it something you got obsessed with at that age? Because, I mean, 13, 14 years old, I mean, you're talking, what, the 80s? 80s, yes, correct. In, in the 80s. A lot of kids were skateboarding back then, you know. Oh, I did all of that, Lifting weights, though. I mean, you did all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. You were, like, uh, very active. I was always very active. I but did your muscles respond? Is it something you saw? And you're like, hey, you know what? Because how did you know? I mean, it was one of those things that you figured out your genetics. You have genetics? Well, what I did was I, I used to read the magazines. and um, Which were the magazines that you enjoyed? Back then, I, I think the only one I think that was around back then um, or that I read was Muscle, Muscle and Fitness, Muscle I think. Muscle Fitness, Flex. I, I think, I think yeah. the, 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 what I recall right now, the big impact was that I read an article that it said you need to stick to your weights for three months. And after three months, you're going to see results. Then after that, if you want to see results again, you need to stick to it another three months. So I stuck to that for another three months. Now I'm at six months. And then if you want to see results again, then you need to hit a year. So uh-huh. I stuck to the year, Mike. And then from there on, I was hooked. So when my mom ha- um, signed me up at this gym, it wasn't really like a gym gym. It was more of a, of a, 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 a the name of the place was called Miami Court Club. 
and it was a place where people would go play racquetball, and they had a gym in there. This place, um, I met this kid named Alex in there. At this time, I was 14 years old, um, and Alex was very strong. Alex was 15, and I was 14, and then we became best friends, and then Alex started teaching me the ropes of weight training and stuff like that. Okay. Now, I mean, something we talked about off the air and it's something you kind of wanted to touch on. And I think it's really important that we can talk about this. I mean, obviously you're not condoning any drug use, but at that age, did this come up? Was this something that, that your friends or you would, would take some steroids? Was this something that would, uh, well, um, that's how I learned about steroids was through my best friend. You know, he was 15 and he was already taking them. I didn't know what steroids war at the time i had no clue we gotta remember what year this is back in 86 maybe 86 steroids were legal legal at that time so you saw your friend using them and you see what he was doing with it well i didn't see him using it but he 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 told you about it yeah he told me that these things that you take um that will make you stronger and i was like what what you know what the heck is this yeah they're called steroids i'm like you know, just like everybody else, you're like, steroids, well, you know, what is it? You're, you're surprised. Yeah. So I remember, I remember exactly the day that I learned about it. I was, I was 14 years old and I was walking back from the, from the youth fair, from the fairground. Yeah. And we were walking back home and, and he, he, um, he was teaching me about it and, and telling me, you know, what he would take. And I'm like, oh my God, that's how this guy got so strong. He was 15, I was 14. But then I learned that everybody in the gym was taking it. But back then, steroids were very um, hush-hush, quiet. It's not like... So even though it was kind of legal, people didn't really talk about it. It was, you know, back then it was... Um, everybody knows about them now, but back then it was private. Yeah. It was private. Although, although, you could go into any locker room back then, and this is how crazy it was. You could go into any locker room... And you could look on the ceilings, you know, the pop-up ceilings. What is that called? Uh, yeah, ceiling tiles, yeah. Ceiling tiles, and you pop them up, and people would throw away their steroids in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so steroids were everywhere in the gyms. Really? Everywhere. Because it, would, now, it, would it, you have people coming up to you and offering you? Like, I mean, yeah, let's put this in perspective. You were young. You were 14, No, remember, 15, I'm, I'm like, a kid. People are not going to go and offer me steroids. So you had to be looking around a little bit and kind of... Well, 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 you know what? Let me take that back. I did have the older guys teach me. Yeah. 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 Now, do you look back and that's something that you regret doing at all? Or is this something that is just your life? And Do I regret doing steroids? At that age? I mean, listen, we know people use steroids. Obviously, that's not, you know. Um, do I regret say? using steroids at that age? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I regret, I regret, um... You know, the attitude that came with it, you know. Really? I was a very aggressive kid. It made you have, like, roid rages? Which no, I'm not going to call like it that, roid no? rages, but... So you believe that exists, roid rage? Absolutely. You've seen it happen before? All my, all, all my other friends. At that age, at that time? or as Oh, yeah, absolutely. Older? Yeah, yeah, at that age. So you started to use anabolics, and you started to feel the effects. And then how did that turn into other things? I mean... You got on to TV. I mean, there were certain things that you did. You go to. Well, I um, when I started taking steroids, I think I was um fourteen. My body just started changing, and then I started learning about them more. And at the time, it just happened to be that 
there was a pharmacy across the gym. Oh, wow. So we all used to work out, and once a week, everyone from the gym will go across to the pharmacy. So it was like a common thing. This wasn't like everyone was kind of doing this, so you kind of You could go that. to any pharmacy, any pharmacy, really? and you could go buy steroids. You could go buy back then um, a bottle of DECA for $6 um, or $8, and if you wanted a syringe, the guy behind the desk would sell you a syringe. And if you want him to inject you, you go, you will go back there, and he will inject you. Wow, you'd actually do that. Yeah. Hey, where did you get the money for this? Like, where? where? It, it was six dollars. It was your lunch money. It was your lunch money. You saved your lunch money. Wow. It's. I mean, this is. But you wouldn't crazy. take a cycle back then. You would just take one shot a week, and that's it. That was enough. And that was all you did. Yeah. You, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna take. Did you ever, this, this, and that. Did it ever like feel to you that maybe it was cheating or anything like that, or did it feel just normal because everyone else was doing it? It felt not cheating, no, because everybody else was doing it. It just felt quiet, like you don't tell people about it, you know. But then the did your family ask questions? Like your no, other my friends? mom found out after, and she was pissed. And how did that go? How did she find out? My brother told her. <laughs> <laughs> your brother, he told your mom. My my older brother told her. And then uh, what did she do? Did she, uh, she just screamed at you? Told you not to do it? And then well, you know, I, I I've always always I was always very um, independent as a as a kid. I always did what I yeah. wanted to do. So they, my parents had no control over me. You had no shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even at that age. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They had no control over you. Yeah. Um, how about your father? Um, same. The same. He was just mad, but you know, I, it didn't I, stop. Like, okay, I'm gonna stop doing this. You just thought, figured, you know what? This is working for you, so you just kept going. I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, yeah, no, 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 and I'm trying to figure it out too. Um, I don't think my father cared as much as my mom. Mm. I think maybe they, my, you get it. You gotta remember, this is a time where steroids were probably a vitamin. People maybe would have thought that, right? Yeah. I mean, at that time in the late '80s, we had the WWE. There was a lot of controversy. Yeah, but that's like, after. That that's after. after. Yeah. That was after. Look, I I, t- I started taking steroids right were right at the point before they became illegal. Yeah. Now you have children, right? Correct. Now, what would you tell? You have two boys. How old are your kids? You want? Um, fi- no, I can. We can talk yeah. about it. Fifteen and and nine. Now, 15 and 9, so your son, your oldest son's 15 years old. At that age, you were doing some crazy things. I can't, I can't even like put into perspective, to be honest with you. So think back, right? I mean, yeah. you think back to when you were that age, what you were doing, and now look at your son in 2019. and, and It's crazy. Crazy. So what if your son came up to you and said, Dad, I want, he sees your photos. He must see what you looked like back in the day and... and does that come up? Is it something that my 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 kid is so involved in school that he his goal is so completely different than my what mine was back then. I had my at fourteen years old while everyone was studying all my friends. If I didn't had gotten involved with bodybuilding at that point, I think I would have ended up going the wrong route because school wasn't for me. So thank God that I found bodybuilding and it. Pace me on the right track because bodybuilding saved. No, I'm not, not, not going to say saved my life, but it, it, it gave me a direction and a focus, and it gave me a, it gave me such a damn focus and direction that I literally blew by 
all my friends' goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You know, and, and thank God for bodybuilding and thank God for the steroids. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, at that time, obviously, that was something that you did in the past. And, you know, obviously, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I mean, now, what's your feelings on that, um, George? No, I wouldn't. I mean, let's, I be, would, let's be very clear on no, this. No, no, listen. It's something that you no. did. I mean, I appreciate you being honest about it. And I don't want anyone to think that you're condoning. Never. You know, no, 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 this never. Was at a time where, I mean, it wasn't illegal. But no, no, was, no, no, no. I would never, I would never. I, listen, to this like, day, I, I have ne- I never tell anyone to take steroids to this day. And everyone, and, you, and everyone that takes steroids just to look good, I think it's the most ridiculous, dumbest thing in the world. The only reason to take steroids is if you're going to compete. Yeah. Do you think you have to take steroids if you're going to get on the stage? Absolutely. At I mean, we level? all know. Yeah, at, at, at our own levels. Look, yeah. when I was competing as a teenager... All the fi- famous bodybuilders that became famous during my time, all of them, the, the, you know them all. Mm-hmm. And they all tell you, oh, I started taking steroids at 20 or 18. They're all lying. I was there with them. They all started taking steroids at 15, 14, 16. So you think a lot of these guys were starting just as young as you? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huh. absolutely. If they started training at a younger age. Yeah. You yeah. know? Look, you guys, for example, you got somebody like Tom Platt. Tom Platt started training at nine. You think Tom Platt's found out about steroids at 18 or at 12 or 13 or 14? He already yeah. started. You understand? You find out about these things. Well, yeah, we wouldn't know exactly what Tom did. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one of those things that you, you could, it would cross your mind or you would, you, you, would think you that. find out. I remember when I was younger, I used to read the magazines and I, I liked Kevin Lavroni and I liked, you know, Flex Wheeler and all these guys. I looked up to them. You know, I think. I mean, it sounds so stupid now because these kids have the internet and they have a lot more information at their hands. But, you know, were they doing steroids? Yeah, I probably thought they were. What they were doing, I had no idea. You know, it wasn't something that you, you had access to. And, uh, I mean, to be honest, it was something that was scary. You know what I mean? And, and I can Absolutely. say now. And here's the thing, too. I mean, we talk about the physical effects. Now we can talk a little bit about the mental effects. When I see someone who's taking steroids and they get big. So when you're 16, 17 and you're jacked up and you're, you're looking good. What happens years down the road? You're a little bit older. You're not in the same condition. What happens to your brain? You know, what happens to your mental? And do you see this? This ha- did this happen to you? Did you feel? I, you know, I always looked at steroids as a mean of taking them because the sport required it. If you're not going to compete, there's no need to take them. What was your ambition when you were competing? Did you want to be like Mr. Olympia? Was this like you had this vision in your head? You know, I I wanted to compete and become a pro. And I knew that I had the potential to become a top three in the world. Yeah. But once I got a little bit older and I found out the other drugs that you had to take, I just didn't want to go there. You just thought it was too dangerous for you. It wasn't that it was just too dangerous. I just I just didn't want to live my life like that. I was like, you know, and I don't want to live my life taking drugs. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just I, I, it just wasn't for me. Now, okay, I mean, uh, let's talk about who inspired you. What bodybuilders did you look up to? When Lee you Haney. Younger? Lee Haney. You don't even need that. to go there. Lee Haney. You don't well, even need well, to finish well, that well, sentence. <laughs> Lee Haney. And what was it about Lee Haney that that got you? That got your attention? Oh man, it was everything, Charisma. man. He was just the the man. Everything he was like, everything about him. He was a family man. He, had, you know, he he raised the family while being Mr. Olympia. The perfect physique, uh, well spoken. 
he was an ambassador for the sport, obviously. It's just everything. And to this day, the guy still, you know. So you'd say Lee Haney is the best Mr. Olympia all time? All or? around, he's the best person. person. Yeah. Now, how about just physiques? Who would you say had uh, one of the best physiques back then that you looked up to? Was just Lee Haney or was there anyone else that you... To me, to me back then, it was Lee Haney. Um, I used to like... Um, Lee Haney, um, Sean Ray, I used to like a lot. Francis Benfado. Tom Fle- Potts? No. Mm-hmm. Fla- Flex Wheeler. I don't know. But to me, still, um, Lee Haney was still was always it? the man, man, with that side chest and the last spread in the front of a bicep. To me, he was always the man. Until Ronnie Coleman came along. Um, I wouldn't want to be Ronnie Coleman. It's just a little bit too big. So you started to see the sport get crazier and crazier like guys were getting bigger and bigger yeah the sport got too big that turned you off yeah and 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 again i just um i'm a short guy how tall are you five six and how much did you weigh when you were like 15 16 years old when you were when i was 15 oh no i'm very light i I think um as a teenager the heaviest i competed was 174 172 what body part like really took off for you? Like, what did you feel? Chest, chest, yeah, That's chest really and back. Really. My biggest um, body parts were chest and back. And you always, which is why Lee Haney had that chest in the back, and that's what I wanted to have. And then he had the small waist, which is what I wanted to have. So now, tell me exactly um, what you did once you started lifting weights and started getting the good shape. How did you end up on TV? Like, how did you end up? Did you go to California? Like, give us. Uh, a background on on how things kind of well back then there used to be a a, a show called um american muscle magazine that this uh, man named lou yeah lou. used to promote and um he's down here no he's in um, from california and he saw me one i think it was the teen usa and he um began promoting me and putting me on tv so you did a show, and then he saw you. Yeah. Um, so that was how you got discovered back then. Before Instagram and Facebook, you actually got on stage, competed, and he he found you. And yeah, that's what I tell people. And I like nowadays. Nowadays, anybody could become a star. You put yourself in social media, you become a star. Back then, they used to, if you were good, the magazines used to find you. You get discovered, and then that yeah, you get discovered by the magazines, and and that's what makes you a star. Um, now. Um, so it's a bit different but anyhow so I think he uh, I think a promoter from down here uh, named Peter Potter told him about me which I had won my first show at 16 called the Southern States and then I, I believe Lou began keeping an eye on me Yeah. then um, he saw me won the Teen USA and then after that he contacted me and then he started promoting me a little bit towards the following year for the Teen Nationals so then I entered that and I won that. How many guys are like, give us a, an idea of how many people competed in that. Like it was pretty fierce competition back then, right? Yeah. Um, the team nationals, man, I got that. Terry, honestly, I don't remember, but there was a, a lot, lot of, of people. Yeah. A lot. a lot of kids. It's not like now the, the teenage category is completely dead. Now? Yeah, there's not even. There's, there's why no was more. it so big back then? And now it's why? Because it, Well, it's, it's, it's. The, the, the guys got too big and then so so when you're when you're a kid and you see somebody that weighs 280 pounds you don't want to look like that anymore because you know that it's going to take you 15 years to get like that so the kids don't did you think of the health risks that were involved when you were doing this or you just didn't didn't think about it no 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 um i did, i remember one of the guys who taught me um who was a uh, mr florida 
he told me he was older. He told me if you're gonna be scared of these things, then this is not the sport for you. So either you do it or you don't. And then so I chose not to mm-hmm. look at it. But but you know, steroids in reality they have a bad um, cloud around them. Yeah. Steroids don't really kill you. Oh, this is your opinion. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I mean, this is obviously very it's controversial, and and obviously you could debate this all day, right? I mean, you could go back and forth. Um, yeah, George. I mean, that's some of those things that. that uh, that's why. <laughs> no, I mean, you're entitled. To, this is why we're doing this. Is your this is a podcast for you to talk openly about you know your feelings and your thoughts on it, right? It's one of those things that. Yeah. Correct. Now, let's go back to. Uh, when you started competing, you won. You won the show. You started to. How did you get into? Like, what did you do after that? Did you get into training people? Because I kind of want to know how you got into business. You know, what I mean, that oh. was. So, um, how did I get into business? Okay, so when I was twenty, my knees began to hurt. Yeah, your knees. So, yeah. so my workouts. Um, you know, I began to walk around the house with ice packs around my knees every week. <laughs> Um, and that was due to to training with some crazy guy one day named Teddy, who had me go over my weight limit that specifically day. You said you were strong when you were younger, right? Yeah, I was very time. strong. I did a, um, a bench press. I did a 485 bench when I was um, 19. Wow. At 190. Wow. At 190. That's crazy. Um, so when I was 20, my knees began to take a toll. I didn't tear anything, but I just couldn't squat anymore. It, it would just hurt. And that was due to, um, I, on my, I always took good care of my knees. Um, I never squatted over 315, 385. Yeah. I never went over that because uh-huh. I wanted to take care of my knees. One day, this older guy named Taddy, who was yeah. a crazy dude, Yeah. Grabs me by the shirt. He wants to work out with me. And I always avoided him because he was one of these guys that squats 500 pounds. Yeah. Come on, let's work out. I'm like, I don't want to work out. You know, I'm trying to avoid him. Come on. He grabs me a shirt. Let's work out. So I trained with him. We did legs. And he put 465 on the rack for me. Yeah. Um, I think I was 19 or 20 at the time. And I went down. Um, I went down. um think two or three times finished the workout with them i went back home and when i laid down in bed i couldn't bend my legs oh wow not because of the pump but my knees the tendons um they must have um gotten so stressed that they became stiff and then after that my knees were never the same but nothing tore so i couldn't figure out what the heck had happened the only thing that I could tell you was that after that, my knees were never the same. So every time that I would work out after that, I would have to put an ice pack for every wow. single day of the week so I could continue for uh, my workout the following week, so I could do my next workout the following so you week. you kept pushing yourself, even though... Yeah, I did hurt. that for like another year or two because I wanted to be a bodybuilder, but I just, I just couldn't continue anymore. So once you kind of gave up on the, obviously, dream of being a bodybuilder, the injuries and all that, how did you, so you were, became a trainer? Okay, so at so that time, I was, um, I, I always gave myself the goal of, if by 21, I'm not making money out of the sport, I'm going to get out. So at 20, I tore a pack. I was training for the USA. I tore a pack. I got operated. Um, and it came out fine. A slight tear. It came out fine. 
And then, um, then I, then I started training again for the following years, USA and her, her, hurricane Andrew came Yeah. and I had to pull out of that. And then that was like my final decision to get out. You know, I wasn't going to continue past 21. So once you hit 21, you decided not to do it. And then what did you, what did you do? Did you go? I went it? into business. I opened up a gym. So where, where'd you open up your gym? In Cora Gables. So just over here. Okay. Right. And how big was your gym? It was small. It was like a 2,000 square foot gym. It was a personal training gym, but I did, I did fantastic there. Where, where, That's where, where I called you from. Ah, back then. Okay. Yeah. This is, so this was going into the late 90s, early 2000s then? Early 2000s, around there? I wouldn't even know Terry <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, I do remember when you calling me and saying, hey, I'm doing the supplement company because I, I worked at that time at Muscle Mag and you were buying, you wanted to buy advertising. Yeah, but I think the first time I called you was to promote the... Teen Wonder Boy video, no? I believe so. Yeah, because they used to call you Teenage so that, Wonder Boy. Right. Still do that was day. before that. That wow. was when I was like eighteen years now. old. That was way before that. Wow, that is going. Yeah. Really, that's going way back. Yeah, the black and white ad. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I do remember. You know, it's funny because there's images of you that are just burned in my head. There's I saw going, wow, this guy was amazing. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, ad? That I was cool. I also think back then too. It's like. We didn't have as many images or certain images from the magazines that, that out, were yeah. limited, right? I mean, there's so many images out there now. I still have that ad, actually, and oh, I still really? have the video. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's, I think that's the first time I met you was through through the Teen Wonder Boy. Yeah, no, I know that you're, that you're mine. I, I remember that. And I do remember coming down to Florida and sitting down with you and your family and talking about the business because, I mean, so let's go. You started the training business. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, you started the training business did you like the training business? Were you doing well with I it? I hated it. Why did you hate the training <laughs> business? This is interesting to me because I remember you telling me this, that you didn't like it. And I'm like, why? I mean, because I felt, I felt. You must have, you must have been making a lot of money. People would I was wanna... doing, I was doing fantastic. I did fantastic. And business wise, I've always been very good saving money. Um, something that my brother taught me because I saw my father lose everything once. So that scared the pants out of me. But um, why did I hate it? I hated it because I, I felt I was a slave to all these rich people. <laughs> I felt like I was training people and They're, then I felt like I was their slave, you know, like. It wasn't rewarding to you, even though you're making good money and you're in Miami. No, like, I felt like there was more to me. Yeah, I'm George Benincourt. I was supposed to be this bodybuilder. Now I'm a slave to these people. They pay me to pick up their weights for them. I tell them how to diet. They don't want to listen. I tell them how to train. They don't want to listen. So you were just defeated I'm, by that. So how long did you do that for? I did that for eight years, eight years. Um, and I did well. But I just reached a point in my life where, where I just couldn't take it anymore. After eight years, I, yeah, um, I reached a point where I couldn't make any more money. I had reached a plateau. I couldn't, I couldn't make any more money. I had like six trainers. We were doing um, not all year round, but I remember we got up to one time. The most we did was like 50-something sessions a day, which is a lot. Wow. Yeah, I had $45 per session back then. Back That's a then. lot of money. That's a lot of money, yeah. So you were oh. working long hours too? Obviously. Oh, yeah, because you, you have to wake up at 5 to open up the gym at 6, and then your last session is at 8, you get home at 9. Did you train any famous people or anything like that? No, or? I didn't. Um, I wasn't searching for that at the time. All I was searching for was um, um, business people, and I happened to open the gym in Cora Gables, which was a wealthy business yeah. area. And just started the spur, like everything started to go from there. Yeah, and, and we, we paid off um, the gym in three months. 
Three months. <laughs> Holy smokes. Three months. Open up and you paid it all off. All the equipment, everything too. Everything, man. Wow. That's that's unreal. How many gyms were around back then too? I mean, that's another thing, right? There's gyms there was everywhere. only there was only personal training gyms that didn't exist back then. There was only yeah. one in Cora Gables before me. Um, but you were at, at elite level, you'd accomplished quite a bit. So people had known about you, right? You're you're quite popular. Well, I, I don't. I don't know if it was my popularity that did it. I, I, I just think we opened up in a right area, in the right area. Yeah, and the rent was only um, twelve hundred bucks. So all it took it was one membership, um, and that was it. And that Started was it. On. So when when I first started with my partner, because I, I had a partnership for maybe a year before we we split up, um, I told my partner, I "Go, dude, if we can't sign up one member a month, we suck." So that was the goal. One member <laughs> per month. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> set the bar pretty low. And um, so three months, we paid off everything. Now, I was asked you about any of you training celebrities and all that. Now, you, you had mentioned earlier that you had went to Gold's Gym and, and you ran into someone. Oh, yeah. You used to work out with. Yeah. Um, the the Rock, yeah. So you used to train with The Rock before he was famous back where at Gold's or where did you meet him first? The The Rock used to train at Porky's Gym, Porky's Gym, um, which is a gym that I used to train at, and I believe The Rock Down used here? to, tra- yeah, yeah, um, 102nd Avenue and Miller. So you um, saw The Rock, yeah, there but he didn't train there a lot. He trained there a few times. I think it was right after UM. Um, I think it was right after his injury, and then he got into into um, wrestling. Yeah. It must have been his first year so into wrestling. Kind of knew him before, obviously wrestling. Then, or you met him before? Yeah, I met him. This is I had already won like the teen nationals. I was already like um, competing, right. um, but he was a big kid. Um, but there was he was nothing back then. But I could tell there was something in so him. Potential, yeah. I, I don't know what potential it was, but I saw something in him that I go, "This kid is gonna be something." I, I don't know he's what it was, yeah, he's certainly what category or in what aspect of his life it was going to be something. So you worked out with The Rock? Did you lift some weights with him? I trained one day um, with him, um, I think maybe two or three times. But the, the the one time that I trained with him hard, it was um, in Gold's Gym in 107th Avenue um, during lunch time. No, I, I think it was after work. I drove over there. Yeah. Drove over, or did you said, Hey, let's go train together. Or no, I, I, I encouraged him to train. Yeah. I think we did back that day. It was a good workout. Yeah. <laughs> the rock will never forget. The rock will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> back workout with George. Um, okay. Now I wanted to get into the supplement business where, where, you know, like I said, it's something that I was always kind of fascinated with. You started, I mean, people don't realize um, you had, it wasn't an easy start. I mean, even though you were making money, you did you did well. I mean, I, I thought, oh, here's this guy who comes into this business. He's got money to spend. But I mean, that wasn't really quite the truth. Money right? to spend? I mean, that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, hey, George, I mean, you told me eight years, you know, it was training business, you're doing well, you paid off. I mean, you were making money before. I mean, and let's be honest too, when you started in the supplement industry, it was a lower barrier. I mean, it didn't take... You didn't need to have a million dollars to start a supplement company, right? You need some connections, some some know-how. I mean, so tell us when you started. Was it how did it start for you? Like, what was it? Um, you said your first product, and you got it going. Well, Terry, to be honest with you, um, remember, I never quite made it all the way to the end in the bodybuilding industry. So I never had like those contracts, like Labrada did, or Gasparri did, or Lee Haney did. 
So I never got to learn the business from that aspect. You never got a, a supplement contract when you were young? No, I got an offer, but I... You never took I, one? Um, who, no. offered, who offered you? I can't recall the name of the company. The company's still around right now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I can't. I um, I turned it down because it, they didn't want to pay me anything. Um, so, so I never got to learn the business from that point yeah. of view of going from store to store. So you just wanted to start a supplement company. You I started... You had this idea. You're like, I'm going to do this thing. I always wanted to see my picture on a product. And what had happened was when I was a teenager... A company had called me. They offered me five hundred dollars yeah. for me to be in the on the products, and I turned it down. The company's still around. I'll, I'll tell you the name in a minute when I remember. Um, Twenty five years later, the company's still around. Wow! Yeah. That's impressive. Um, and it was that offer, right? Many years later, that encouraged me, and I said to myself, "Man, if these people call me to be in their product, that means I'm good enough to do it myself." I had that belief, oh, yeah. Good, yeah. I yeah, actually did, now that I remember, I actually did a commercial for EAS really? that never um, aired. Um, it was supposed to be featured on the Olympia. I forgot what Olympia was. <laughs> it never, you, they, so you shot it, but never aired, never made it. Yeah, because I showed up in bad shape. I wasn't in great shape today that I showed up. Really? So yeah. they must have been a little pissed off with they you? They were pissed off. Wow, for a commercial. There's a lot of money involved in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyhow, so... Um, so when I started Benancourt Nutrition, going back to what I had said earlier, I had started with Rip Juice. The man that I had partnered up with ripped me off about four months after we began. Then I spinned off. I, I created my own brand called the Benancourt Nutrition, and I created three or four more SKUs. I sold the gym. I, wore, I, I bought a new home, and I warehoused the inventory on my garage i bought humidifiers and i bought and i oh, wow. just like everybody starts their business in their garage <laughs> i um stored the inventory in the garage in my garage for humidifiers we started selling there but it started you know growing a little bit not yeah. much but it started growing and then from there the guy that i was making the products from he owned multiple warehouses and he had a space available for rent he asked me if um if if I was looking for a warehouse, and I told him yes, so he rented me his warehouse. So I rented one of his warehouse spaces, which was right next to his manufacturing plant. Okay. And then from there, um, you know, the goal was going from store to store. And um, I think the very first thing that I did was um, I remember going on on the road one day, and I hit thirty two stores. And out of the 32 stores, I think I closed 28 or 29 stores. Wow. Wow. That's very impressive. So when yeah. you started the, the supplement company, like I said, it started off, you know, a little bit bumpy. And then you started to make some, you know, moves and all that. What was there? Was there a turning point in business for you that you said, wow, this is going to be really good. I got to make a lot of money here. Or, I mean, what was it for you that, because uh, you ended up selling the company eventually and all that. I mean, there's a longer story here, but. Tell us, I mean, what was it, what was it that, that you saw? Well, I, um, you know, I, I was always very good at designing and, and being creative, and I loved that part of the business. You have a bit of a background, right? In, uh, well, when I was a kid, I used to do graffiti. You were graffiti, that's right. I remember you saying right. that. So, so you liked art and graffiti, right. so you had that style. So when I was a bodybuilder, a lot of people didn't know this, I used to draw characters, cartoon characters. 
So yeah. when I used to look at myself in the mirror, you draw it. I would look at myself <laughs> as a character, yeah. which a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people didn't do this. Yeah. So I had that advantage, and because I knew how to draw, then being blessed with the genetics that I had, I was able to look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, I need to work here a little bit more, a little bit more, make the waist smaller, make the quads bigger to make myself look better. And that helped me immensely um, for, for competing. Yeah. So, um, the, go ahead. The creativity helps you when you're doing your business? I mean, is this... Is Absolutely, like- because when you create a brand, when you, when, when you create a brand, you gotta create something that's cool and unique. Um, this, I learned this along the, the way, um, which was when, when BSN, remember BSN, the brand, yeah. you know, I would look at them and I would, I would, I'm like, man, what are these guys doing? Everything looks so cool. You know, they have red. these, yeah. um, red labels and metallics and everybody wants to be around it. And I still didn't understand what it was. And one day I, I remember speaking with, um, with the owner, Scott, and he goes, you got to create something cool that people want. And that's when it hit me. I go, man, you're right. It has to be cool is what people want. People want to be around cool things. So then when I merged my company with a manufacturing plan and the investors, when I, cause we, I, I got a, we got a capital investment firm behind my, yeah. my company. That was the turning point for, for me to reinvest in the brand and remarket the brand. Yes. I had um, this thing in my head. I go, okay, I got to make this thing look cool. How do I make this thing look cool? Mm-hmm. You know, well, BSN took all the cool already, so I gotta make my <laughs> own cool. See the drone version. So I changed, yeah. So I wanted to cre- um, create something tough because the industry was going tough at the time. More edge, more yeah, yeah. raw. Yeah, so um, I wanted to have a mascot as a logo. Um, and one day I'm driving on the expressway and I saw uh, an insurance company that had a bull as a logo. Yeah. So I chose a bull as a logo. And what's, you know? Strong. Yeah, it's strong. It's testosterone. It's, it's aggressiveness. Um, then I wanted to have black bottles for being tough and-, and, and More and edge, yeah. Edge. And then the metallic on the label came from like a race car. The red came from aggressiveness. So yeah. I put all of that, because Scott James explained all of that to me. So and you got a bit of an education from another supplement company owner, obviously, and, and it caught you inspired and you put yeah, all these things and, together. Yeah, and it was a perfect time because at that time I had, it was right when I got the investment in my company, which was time to relabel the labels um, and, and create a new look. Now so was, everything came. Was uh, there a moment when you're in business where there was a big purchase order or international? Like how many countries did you get into? I mean, how did how big did you get? With Betancourt Nutrition, I'm not gonna tell you we got everywhere, but we got pretty much everywhere. Really? Yeah, I think my biggest. And what was that? Because you, because you were dry, obviously you had a, a team. No, of no, no. You. Listen, it, it's, it wasn't all me. It wasn't all me. Not. I had we had a team. You know, you built the team up, and you had guys like on the road. Yeah, selling. I mean, look, if I would have not gotten that capital investment in my company, this George would have not moved an inch. Yeah. You know, and I had great people behind me. You know, I was a, you know, honestly, I was a pain because <laughs> it was my company. Yeah, I was, I was a pain in the. You in put the yourself ass. in a good position to succeed. Obviously, you had good people around you, right? I mean, I, I, dude, I had amazing people around me. Now, my biggest pride and joy, it was, I guess, you know, my biggest pride and joy, my biggest, biggest pride and joy. <laughs> But the worst experience was getting into GNC. 
<laughs> it, was a, it was a big deal, but it and was you, a difficult one. And you one. laugh because yeah. you know it's the truth. But the biggest, biggest account that we get into was the military. That was that amazing. That was a big one because everyone obviously has lots of. Uh, it's bigger than it's bigger than GNC. It's, it's the biggest account in the world. Wow. The military. We get into the military. How long did it take? How many years were you in business before that happened? I don't know. Three. So you made that happen. Because remember, look, you you could get into a lot of these accounts, but if you don't have the manufacturing to be able to fulfill these accounts, then you, you can't get in. So. If you're if you're a small business, right, you yeah. could get a meeting with GNC, but me, GNC, forget GNC. You could get with a meeting someone, with, yeah. let's say, vitamin shop or the military, and they'll look at you, yeah. and they go, "Okay, can you fulfill this order?" And you're gonna be like, "No, you can't get in." Once you have a manufacturing plan behind you, like we did, they'll place any order because you could fulfill it, and that's the trick. You, you gotta be able to fulfill. Up. Yeah. George, can you fill in a five hundred thousand dollar order? Yes. A million dollar order? Yes. If you have the plan behind you, you can fulfill it. So if you're a small guy, yeah. you, you, you just can't do it. So, you'd, yeah, I mean, you parlayed yourself into a position where you're able to do this, right? I mean, you started off small. Correct, correct. And you made the right moves. Now, what advice would you give someone who wants to start a supplement company now or someone who is a young George? What would you tell them? What would I tell them? I think right now, I think the industry's changed. I've been out of it for four years. Um, the industry has changed is not what, um, regardless of the industry changing, what would you tell someone? If I said, Hey, George, I want to start a, a supplement business. What advice would you give someone? I would say start through, um, this whole social media thing. I would not start through distribution like we did. So just sell direct, you mean like have a yeah. product and yeah. sell yeah. to people online? Yeah, absolutely. 110% start so with all your years of experience and doing this and working with big retailers, always distributors now. Start backwards. Yeah, start through online um, social media. Okay. Yeah, and I would not start through distribution. A lot of these, um, a lot of the retail has changed too. A lot of the retails don't pay you up front anymore. Yeah. Even Vitamin Shop now, I believe Vitamin Shop takes the product in, and then if it sells, they pay you. When did you sell your company? How long ago was that? Four years ago. Four years ago. And what have you been doing since you sold the company? Well, I had a three-year um, non-compete, so I couldn't work for three years. Yeah, and I um, I reinvested my money into real estate. Real estate. Yeah. So I've been doing that, um, saving and protecting my and, money. And what's next for you? What's next for me? Well, um, as of last week, I got a small little office. Might consider starting another brand on a small scale. Oh. Supplements. You have any good ideas? Anything you uh, are just working on right now, or what? I'm working on something. Um, we'll stay. We'll stay posted. We'll, stay tuned. We'll stay. Well, yeah. Posting for <laughs> yeah. some, some ideas. Do we get the exclusive on this or what? Mm, yes. Maybe. Yes. Maybe, maybe. Well, you gave me some exclusives today, George. I want to say I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and, and talk about some real things. Uh, I know that's uh, there's a lot more. We could probably sit here for about ten hours and talk about stuff, but. You know, I do appreciate you taking the time, and uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Terry. Our first cover guy, George Betancourt. Look him up. Are you online with uh, Instagram, Facebook? What do you have? Where can people see you? Where can people see me? Facebook? Right. Facebook and Facebook. What's, your, what's your Instagram handle? Actually, uh, to be honest with you, Terry, I don't even do Instagram. Facebook? Facebook. Just George Betancourt. Just Google you. Yes. All right, George. Thank you very much.